Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with me, your practical priestess of wisdom. And I would like to invite you to come along with me as we have a little bit of a philosophical discussion, and we talk about the concepts of truth and trust. And so join me and stick with me through this as we work our way through the wisdom to unfold as we learn to layer our trust. I'll see you on the flip. Thank you for joining me. Come on in, get settled, put it, put me on 2X or whatever you need to do, because today I'm feeling like I'm channeling a little bit of my grandmother's wisdom. And I want to give a shout out to her. And I also want to highlight a book that I've talked about a little bit in the in the recent past. The name of the book is called Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. And I really like how she is able to succinctly give us a framework for how to better interact with people. And there was a little part in the book that I... Uh, gravitated to because I understood it, but I liked how um, she put it in pithy little statements about trust. Now, I've said this on my podcast before that my grandparents had a saying, especially my grandfather, and that was, in God we trust, everybody else we check out. And I uh, was looking at the aftermath of yesterday um, when the first big round of stimulus uh, support to the people of the United States started to roll out. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Yesterday's podcast was my fourth attempt to get this podcast up. And so at first when I started out, it was a rant. It was not nice. And then as I continued having to re-record it because of the system that I use having issues uploading and I was determined to have a podcast yesterday, I started tempering it down to where I think it, it's it's palatable. <laughs> it's palatable. So thank you, go those who went on and uh, who have already partaked partaken, excuse me, of yesterday's podcast. I appreciate you so much. You just don't know how in this time of self-isolation and everything, I I count you as part of my extended friends and family. You are those people that I get to talk to and I get to talk with. Yeah, because I imagine, you know, you're you're reacting to what I say and it's not just one way. You know, I have to <laughs> in times like this. 
And so thank you for coming along on this journey with me. And I'm just hoping that anything I say, something out there I say, might give you a little bit of spark to think something, to be inspired, to to do something in a different way that proves to to better your your life and your situation. And if you are listening to this and the pandemic has already passed, thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen because I'm hoping and I am intending to give uh, what wisdom has for us that is perennial, that is evergreen, that is uh, permanent and immortal, and that hopefully something I say in these times will uh, translate well into the future. All right, so thank you for letting me be a little bit mushy, and let me get back to this. So with Miss Vanessa Van Edwards from her book, Captivate. She uh, put a nice little container and, and chunked down the layers of trust that I liked. And so I'm going to be working off of uh, her, her how she put it as a jumping point. But we go, you know, we're going to go in and we're going to talk about it. So with the different layers or levels of trust, uh, she put them, like I said, into three. And I like them. So the first level that she talks about is when we interact with someone, when we interact with people, organizations, or whatever, we are trying to figure out if they are friendly or if they are malevolent. So she calls it friend or foe. And I totally agree with this because when I was in my formative stages, my parents and my grandparents had to help me navigate trying to make new friends. There were sometimes I'd have people that would be highly aggressive. I mean, there were times when I'll even say it, there are a few kids that hit me. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? And so learning as a kid, how to discern whether this person before you or against you is real important. And it is the first level of trust that we find that we have to learn and we usually encounter it in our formative years when we're when you're young, when we're little kids, when we first start going to school and having to deal with people who are not related to us and who don't have to be nice to us just because they're related to us. And so there's that one. Then there's the second one. And that one is called winners or losers. And this is the one that society uh, is really good about helping us to uh, embrace. And I'm not going to say if it's right or not, but what I am going to say is that in large groups, the, they, they've said that the cream rises to the top and or that uh, the trash sinks, as my grandmother would say. I mean, the, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the treasure stays sunken, as my grandmother would say. And I always wondered, why was it that everybody always jockeyed for status? Everybody always uh, wanted to be the winner, the influencer, the popular person or whatever. And I first started seeing the power of this when I was in my teen years and how it was to be in the clique, in the popular crowd, um, 
the the people who were the the kings of and queens of this or the president of that and how important it was to me growing up and how when I look back on it I was like oh okay that's why I felt that need and that drive to belong <laughs> so it has been said that people love winners and that they'll follow winners win- winners into the depths of despair if need be but then there's this third one and this third one is called uh, allies or enemies. And this one is where, as an adult, we find ourselves having to navigate this field. And when I was first starting this podcast, I was really set on following to me what I thought were the foundations of understanding the kinds and types of wisdom, the everyday individual wisdom that I was hoping to disseminate. And I talked about polarity, polarizing, and why it was so important to understand it. And in this third layer of trust, where you're trying to decide if someone is rooting for you or on your team, or if they are against you or uh, trying to take you down. And because of that, I... uh, wanted to make sure when I was starting this podcast out is in my own way, using the concepts of polarity, uh, opposites uh, of, of the same coin, uh, differing views in contrast, uh, extremes and in the middle and um, centrist and all of that, that we understood it. And I'm coming full circle because now I can see where even though I wanted to talk about it by way of polarity and how wisdom truly pulls us to the center so that when needed, we can go to either side or we can stay straight down the middle. Being able to put this particular accent on it as to try to figure out when we polarize ourselves and and get in one team versus another, we're actually trying to find some kind of consensus. Now, I uh, I think I'll try to post this person's uh, Twitter link because it was it was really good, and uh, it's a person that goes by Naval. And I think if you go to nav.al, then you'll be able to uh, uh, see what he posted today. And it was uh, like a little, just a quick little two minute two-minute chat that was uh, very mentally stimulating and invigorating. And I wanted to give him a shout out uh, for that because it lined up perfectly with what I was going to be talking about. And so with his, uh, and let me see, what does he call it? Uh, he just, he, it's um, his Twitter is at Naval, N-A-V-A-L. And he just titles it Group Search for Consensus, Individuals Search for Truth. And I thought it was great. I listened to what he had to say and he made a few good points. And I was like, yeah, Uh, for the amount of time, for the two minutes that he spoke, it it worked. And so let me just give you the gist of of what he said and how um, I'm weaving it into today when we're talking about layers of trust. And so, again, he says groups search for consensus, individuals search for truth. To fit in with each other in society is to be in consensus. To be individual is to be true to self, which creates internal tension when trying to be a part of society. What society wants 
isn't for uh, isn't always good for you. You go along to get along with a lot that you know simply isn't the truth. But society expects you to toe the line to get along. And I was like, that is so true. <laughs> the reason why I am bringing that into our conversation today is because of these layers of trust. And wisdom would have us understand that if you are a part of a society and you find that you have lost your ability to connect with uh, your individual self and know the difference or have a line of demarcation, a line in the sand of what society agrees on is mannerable and etiquette and all of that, and what you truly understand and stand for, if you have a problem knowing this, and when I say knowing, I mean knowing that you know this, then it's time for you to reevaluate your levels of trust. So let's start from the beginning, okay? So the levels of trust, first one, uh, friend or foe. As little kids, we learn to socialize and we learn to make friends. And a lot of the reasons why we go to school is not just for us to learn education, but for us to knock those rough edges of social uh, awkwardness away, for us to interact with other people who are just as selfish, self-centered, and hell-bent on getting their way as we are. And so we find a way to come into census. And it is not where we all have to believe and agree the same. It's just that we learn to agree to get along for the sake of harmony and peace when we're in a large group. For instance, when you were in, in school, if, if you uh, had opportunity to go, to go to a school where you had to be around other people, just thinking thinking about the concept of trying to get little kids to line up in queue and to stay in your place in the line. You would have some people who would try to get to the front. They would race to be the first in line. Then you would have other people that would take their time. But if their little friends were at the uh, beginning of the line and, and they weren't, they would think, it was no problem. I'll just go and stand with my friends. <laughs> then you had some that were the rule enforcers. I mean, and, and you could just imagine on and on and on how we had to learn the etiquette, the social dance of getting along in a large group. And it started to be where you would have a consensus of people that agreed to be friends. And those who the group thought were not worthy or were not enough like them became foe. And little kids are really good at telling you if you are their friend or not. <laughs> and they will ostracize you. They will uh, do all the little mean things that kids do. They will tease and make fun. And they tend to try to pick out what they deem as the differences to prove and reinforce why you are not a part of their group. And why is this important? It's important because when we're looking at our layers of trust and we have those formative times of trying to figure out who is for us and who's against us, who is a friendly and who is an enemy uh, with, the, with, with regards to an individual kind of interaction, 
If we don't get that right, if we don't learn how to do it in a way that protects us, or if we finally get it right after a lot of false starts and a lot of harm, you'll find that we start to either have trust issues because of betrayal or someone doing something to mar our our little vulnerable and highly impressionable souls, and we tend to take that with us as we go. But then you have a lot of people who maybe they had all the right stuff and everyone was their friend because they maybe were the popular one or maybe they were the centrist who nobody had any major problems with. And so they tended to get along with everyone. And believe it or not, as we look at how we work in our adult world, you will see that more people tended to learn how to make good friends or viable friends that wouldn't turn around and destroy their worlds than didn't. And so that first layer of trust, we learned that, oh, this is how you make friends. This is how you trust people to be your friend and not your enemy. And then that next level, the winners and the losers, as I talked about, I I remember it <laughs> strongly while I was in high school and how everyone was jockeying to not only be thought of as everyone's friend, but now you wanted power with it because this is the second layer and people love winners. That's why you have captains of t- teams and beauty contestants. And now it's all about winning and influencing and having power in the school or in the microcosm, not the micro, the macrocosm of uh, your your society that you matriculate in, which is usually going to be school for a lot of people if if you're not homeschooled. And that's where we learned to start doing these uh, races to uh, gather a lot of influence and a lot of power and to be a mover and a shaker, to uh, be a disruptor, to to influence things to our, our liking, to bend the rules to our will. This is where you get um, the first starts of uh, rebellion, of authority against authority because you're testing your power against an established power. And on and on we could go because like I said, we don't have a lot of time. So I'm just touching on these lightly so that we can understand when I make my next point. And then that third one, ally or enemy. This is where you start to find that as an adult, people want you to choose sides, whether they say it or not. They want you to choose sides. They want you to be able to identify. Whether it be, who do you work for? Who do you love? Who are you married? What is your sexual orientation? What is your political leaning? What? Uh, how much do you make? What do you feel about this or that? People want to know if you are on their team, which is their group, their allies, that when things come down, they can depend on their team, their allies to have their back. Or are you the enemy? Are you that part of that group that we use our power, our might, our money, our resources to annihilate, to disprove, to take down, to discredit or whatever? To, to hobble, cripple, or however you want to look at it. And so these are the levels of trust that a lot of people work with. But what most don't understand is that there is another element that overrides all of this that, that we've talked about, and that is large groups, society. And so if you look at your levels of trust, your layers, if you will, they are usually predicated on fitting in with 
your environment, fitting in with your society. One of the worst things you can do that's not criminal is to dare to be different or not be able to fit in. There is so much shunning and ostracizing. It took me a minute to get that one out. (laughs) Ostracizing that goes on and that is accepted that people don't realize how uh, detrimental it is to them. And so we find that we are willing, like Naval said uh, on Twitter, at Naval, like Naval said, we are willing to get along uh, ignoring our truth, ignoring the facts that we believe them to be so that we won't suffer the rebuke of society. We won't be ostracized. We won't be expelled, shunned, and we won't utterly die. And so with these layers of trust, it is important for us to understand the drivers and the movers of why we behave the way we behave. And I'm going to ask you to take some time to think about for yourself. Don't just listen to me, but think about for yourself how you look at these layers of trust because they're important. Because this next part, Mm -hmm. this next part that I'm about to talk about, requires that you have this understanding or that you go back and reevaluate so that you get a better grasp on where you stand on this understanding. And that is this, that in today's world, we are inundated with so many subconscious messages about what society expects of us. And this is not me trying to get anarchy going or any of that. I'm not, you you guys know, I'm not about that. What I am about is I am about, do when you do things, at least do them with the full power of knowing what you're doing. And too many people I am seeing are not cognizant of the layers of trust they are extending. Too many people are getting it confused. I see grown-ups using the first level of trust to look at entities and powers who are simply trying to make sure that you're their ally when you're trying to make them your friend. Because they're they're thinking that, oh, well, they're talking directly to me. Therefore, they or ergo, they are my friend. They care about me as an individual. When that is not the case, because if you're in a group, the group is interested in consensus. They are interested in you putting aside your individual needs for you all to all come to a common good and a common understanding to get along. It does not mean that you have to embrace and put away or beat down your individual thoughts and feelings on a matter and totally and wholly ingest and operate from what the consensus says. And this hurts my heart because there seems to be a stagnation of maturity when it comes to how to trust. Yesterday, I talked about my grandparents being the children of the Great Depression. When they were little children, the Great Depression hit and they grew up in that time. Their formative years were spent in that decade after the Great Depression where People went back to austerity. They went back to not trusting you until, not even until, but they just didn't trust you. And they got to the point where, yeah, let me see what you do. Let me watch you for a while. For them, 
they all imbued a certain amount of patience that is absent today. Because for them, no one met the, the three levels of trust. And you can tell this because when we moved into the, the next world war at the end of the next decade, so think about it. Great Depression hits in America, that is, in 1929. America joins the Great uh, World War II in 1940, 40, 41-ish. But it started in 37, 38 in Europe. And so you've got all of these young people or babies even, growing up in a time where the levels of trust were tested to the limit. There was no trust in government. There was no trust uh, in anybody who tried to uh, position themselves as a winner. Uh, They were vilified. And unlike us, at that time, uh, you had your... uh, Legacies of Carnegie and Rockefeller uh, and a whole bunch of others that they called them robber barons. Mm-hmm. If you had a lot of money, then that was a bad thing. If you set up foundations and trust to benefit or be a benefactor to the nation, that was a bad thing. And I'm just trying to give you guys an understanding of when we are talking about these layers of trust how they swing depending on what you've been through, what your formative years have been. And so now, let's swing back to right now. Now, at least in America where I live, people are starting to reevaluate the trust that they've extended to the their representatives, to their government, to their churches and their leaders, and even to their companies and the people who they didn't realize how much it, they depended on them for their livelihood. There is nothing like the pain you receive when you finally realize how expendable you are when you have given a lot of loyalty to a company, to a cause, or to a community only to be tossed aside as soon as times get tough. And that is not to say that they're wrong. It's just filtering it through emotions. People tend to look at their individual needs when it applies to them and only look at global concerns when it doesn't. And so remember how we've talked about intentions versus impact? You know, we judge ourselves on our intentions and we judge others on the impact that they have on us. There are a lot of people right now that are out here hurting because they are sadly realizing that they thought that they they thought they had friendships when they had temporary allies because when you get to that third level of trust allies versus enemies they are not forever we are allied to do a specific thing and that is how people should understand these trust levels that you have and not get them confused, not get to the point where you're so gullible that you become irreparably damaged and hurt to the core because now all of your trust has been annihilated. Remember, my grandfather said, in God we trust, everybody else we check out. And I am not saying that I'm any better than anyone else. I am saying that A little bit of his taintedness about being a child of the Great Depression did help me to strengthen that resolve 
I am not one to be quickly saying, oh, that's my friend. No, you're an associate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because friend to me means a whole bunch more than what the general populace says. Just because we're friendly does not mean we are friends. And beloved, if you've made it to this point, I want to give you some practical wisdom right now. If you are hurting, if you are trying to make sense of what's going to happen to you now, is anyone going to help or not is anyone going to help? What is going to happen based on what's happening in your community, your state, your government, wherever you are globally? I want you to go back and I want you to reevaluate your levels of trust. Remember, I've asked you once and I'm I'm asking you again right now. Go back through and really. Get an understanding of how you apply trust to people because a friend is one of the closest levels you'll have. That's why we learn how to differentiate if we friend our foe when we are children. And then the winner-loser scenario, evaluate who were you following. There is a a statement um, that... Uh, I'll have to paraphrase, but it, uh, I, 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 it, I attribute it to uh, Karen Hunter, a, a brilliant uh, professor, and uh, she's on Sirius uh, Radio. And she talks about, be careful who you know you choose as your leaders. Who do you go and suckle at daily? Meaning, who do you get your nutrients and your nourishment from? She says, because if when you leave, if you're not able to take what they have given you and apply it and use it on your own, and if you find that you are simply dependent on them where you cannot think outside of what they give you, there is something wrong. And that is going to be part of the litmus test that we're all required to do now. Because times have changed. They're not even um, going to go back the way they were. We have new rules, new day, new system, new way. And because of that, we are called to be like my grandparents were, to reevaluate everything, to not so freely extend trust. To me, trust is greater than credit, business credit now because your trust is something that can get to your core and mess with your mental makeup and and beat you down. And so we need to hold on to that tightly and find new levels and new ways to evaluate people before we so blindly give that to them. Because you must remember that a society is not here to tell you uh, what to believe, although they want to. They're here to get consensus so that we can all get along and not kill each other. But it is up to you as the individual to know your truth, know your facts, know your beliefs, and know what you know. And so I know that I'm sounding impassioned because it is important. I am seeing too many people who are beyond hurt to the core because they didn't realize they extended too deep of a level of trust to people and institutions who have failed them and they can't recover from it. And instead of being like, oh, well, no means next, they're not able to move past it. And so I don't want this to fester. I don't want you to try to be confused. This is hopefully to give you some clarity to snatch back your trust card, hold it dear and eye them for what they are, just part of the society trying to make us get along to get along. 
So guess what? My time is up. I want to thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with another daily podcast of Wisdom Smack. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.